0: Hello. Good
1: morning, and everyone. How's everything going? Very good. Yes. <laughs> I just how are you? To say hello, as many times as possible. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> A little bit crazy coming back. I'm late nights trying to kind of shift back into uh, after my lovely visit with my uh, with my dude in the in New York City.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So um, did you travel back okay? No
1: hiccups? Yeah. I mean, this time was actually better because the flights were a little bit more, it just was a few hours delayed, but that felt quite like normal. Um, You know, usual, gosh, you know, the amount of times I've had a wand stuck up my nose, but there's people who do this, you know, all the time, but certainly, you know, when you're traveling, prepared to have wands stuck up your nose but everything everything worked out well um i confess that i smuggled a bit of cheese over <laughs> <laughs> you're so not allowed to do that <laughs> i hope that the like canadian border services aren't listening but i did smuggle just a just about like three blocks of cheese like little little blocks of cheese that there's a little market in new york city that has like the the very nice cheese for like ridiculously like, that like very, very cheap. And so, mm. um, yeah, I, uh, I had to, I had to. So I lied to the board, said, any food over? And I was like, nope. <laughs> he looked at me and I he was oh,
0: like, oh, you're walking a thin line I'm Oh my thin line. gosh. I felt really bad.
1: <laughs> and then I think he asked some other things that made me feel a lot bit better. Like no, no firearms, but yes, I have cheese in <laughs> my bag. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm such a fugitive. Uh, oh my no gosh. No firearms,
0: just a bit of brie.
1: Just a bit of brie, actually like a really stinky, well, this is the thing. It was like, uh, not crazy stinky cheeses, but fairly stinky. And so I was kind of worried, like, can people smell my bag? Um, (laughs) Especially because I was eating cheese in the LaGuardia airport as I was about, because we were three hours delayed or something. So I was just eating cheese. Um, So I was like, shit, he can smell it. He knows I'm lying. Anyways, I think in this day and age, he's got bigger fish to fry. I don't think I'm his biggest deal. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's me that's me oh. how are things over on your side of the pond
0: yeah things are good it's um we're having a bit of a heat wave today it's 27 degrees which is boiling <gasps> in September what um so yeah just in time for the kids going back to school tomorrow so I've done um last minute emergency um school uniform shopping today oh. so yeah all is good
1: is that that they didn't have school uniforms or you realized, oh, my gosh, they're bigger? Or is it just like little odds and ends you had to? Had
0: yeah, to well, just bits and bobs, but also um, my son refusing to actually try on his uniform. Oh,
1: my <laughs> gosh. Oh, no. Typical
0: teenager, you know, manana, manana, there's always oh, another day. Oh, my gosh. It's like gosh. there are no more days left. You're going tomorrow. <gasps> there's no more days.
1: Yeah. We've
0: run out of days. <laughs> there are no
1: more days of there uniformless are no more living. Days left.
0: Yeah, oh exactly, gosh. exactly. So, be a big shock, I think, to the kids going back because they seem to have had a lot longer off with COVID and
1: yeah,
0: um, all the rest of it. So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a shock, I think, to many.
1: Yeah, I think so. I was actually driving back from the airport in Toronto here, and there's a big sign on the highway that says "School goes back." watch for children or be careful. I don't know, whatever. It's like, it's very Canadian thing. Like, this is the thing of the hours. like, we're going back to school, everyone. And this is on the major, like, 400 level highways in Toronto, which are like some of the busiest highways in North America. And they're like, we're going back to school, everyone. And I was like, holy crap, we are.
0: Yeah.
1: And it feels like so normal when we're still not normal at all.
0: Mm.
1: It feels really nice, but it's weird to think of kids like doing their whole first day again. Yeah. Wow. It's been yeah. a long time. It has hmm. So everybody out there who's sending a kid off back to school again, or if you're going back to school again, uh, I wish you good luck.
0: Yes, indeed. And parents stay sane.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's weird because it, it's normal, but yet not normal. Mm yeah, yeah. Yeah. OK, so among the school uniform shopping, have you got any relationship news at the relationship desk of love? I
0: most certainly do.
1: Oh, very nice! Excellent. All right, you never disappoint.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Today, I'm going to share with you something called baby dust method. Have you yeah. ever heard of this? Mm-mm. So I had not heard of it either, but this is a particular method that helps you pre-pick the gender of your baby.
1: Oh, okay. As the physician, I'm like very interested. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's hear this. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay, so this is, it's the Baby just Method and it was created by a microbiologist, Catherine Taylor. And she's been studying this um, for the last six years. And surprise, surprise, she's got a book and um, oh, yeah. <laughs> some, some merchandise that you can buy that goes with it to help you. Mm. Long story short, so what it is, is you can predetermine the sex of your child by following a simple sex schedule. So um, apparently, this technique is all over social media. Um, so yeah. as you can imagine, there's lots of um, forums that have popped up, and there's over forty-eight thousand dedicated fans who are all claiming that this method does work.
1: Wow! So yeah, uh-huh. so
0: there's the baby dust method. The book was first published in two thousand and sixteen. And long story short, you basically chart your um, your hormones for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, you can then start to determine if you want to have a girl or a boy. It tells you then exactly when you should be having sex. So you use this special kit, which charts all of your hormones. The method suggests having sex two or three days before ovulation will conceive a girl, whereas having sex closer to ovulation is more likely that you'll conceive a boy.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: apparently, she has 85% success rate of this method.
1: Oh, okay. I, this had actually, I don't know if it was an old wife, this actually sort of clings on to sort of something that, we, I think that, I don't know if we'd known that. I, this, so the, this is sort of the common knowledge, but I don't know if it's substantiated by, by science. I think it is. Mm. That female sperm are harder working, longer lasting, and more tenacious, and they stick around longer. Right. Whereas male sperm uh, get lazy and go to the bar. If they come in, they're like, <laughs> nothing to do here. They're like, screw it, we're out of here. So, so so it's funny that this is, so what you're saying is you have to actually have intercourse like just quite soon before ovulation if you want to have a boy because yeah. the male sperm are just, they just don't have the staying power, which I don't, I don't think anybody is surprised, but uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of people, aren't there, that kind of like, so there was, um, in the article, it talks about somebody who had kind of like three boys already and just really wanted to have a girl. Like, you see it, don't you, where you've got kind of like larger families and there's Mm -hmm. all of these, um, all of the same sex and then that kind of like one last bite of the cherry one last try and yeah. um, to try and have kind of the you know a girl or a boy depending on, on what they've had the first few times around so you do get it but right. I guess it also I mean it just opens up this whole thing around should we really be trying to pre-select the sex like mm. what happens then mm-hmm. you know if people want more of one than the other, do we end up with yeah. some imbalance in society? So yeah. yeah. It also pointed out as well that, you know, nowadays you can self-select your own sex when you grow up. If yes. you decide actually I'm not the sex that I was born with, then yeah. you may end up with a boy anyway when you thought you were having a girl.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's something that's like, you know, it's something in Canada I think that we're really enjoying. More inclusivity and so forth, and mm. and that is a beautiful thing. Um, unfortunately, in many countries in the world, in many societies in the world, that that is actually not possible. And there's a mm. lot of there's a lot of transphobia. There's a lot of. Um, really dangerous situations for folks who identify as a gender uh, that is not the one that they were born into. Yeah, mm. no, I, you know, it's always been really weird for me. I don't know why, as we're moving towards thinking about gender and thinking about sort of, does it really, this binary thing, is it really as important as we've sort of um, put stock in? And and it, it, I mean, in my mind, actually, gender is not as important anymore. I think that um, Gen Z and, you know, is teaching us that like, we don't have to sort of stick to gender norms. It was, But the weird thing is, is I find gender reveal parties have, have also come mm. up at the same time, which is like, why are we getting more excited about gender when actually we're trying to kind of move away from gender kind of dragging us down and putting us into boxes? Are gender reveal parties like a big thing? In Jersey?
0: I would, they're not a massive thing, but they are... Um, I think you get a lot more um, kind of celebs and stuff doing it. So you see it all over Instagram. and
1: Yeah. I
0: think you know it's any excuse for a party is it not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people love a bit of anticipation and excitement so it helps uh, to, it brings all of that doesn't it it's like the yeah. oh kind of the big reveal and often the yeah. um the parents don't know themselves so they'll give it to a family yeah. member or a friend so that they find out at the same time so yeah I think a lot of it is driven by the um reality tv where you see people um doing it and they have all their friends there and it's filmed and yeah. it makes for great entertainment
1: And actually, it is a really cool It is. I wish we could sort of like play it out in places other than gender reveal parties, because I actually find it's kind of reinforcing like this old thing that we're trying to get away from. But the concept of a party that's organized around this surprise moment where, you know, I know that, you know, in northern Washington Heights, like a big thing was fireworks where some small explosion of sorts that would be let off at a park like you know you'd be having a party and you let off this explosion and it's been it's packed with a color of powder for the gender mm. reveal it's very yeah. sweet for this thing to blow up and you've got like pink powder all over the place or you got blue powder all over the place it's a really cool concept
0: I can think of some places where it wouldn't work could you imagine uh, um have you got the job reveal party oh <gasps> Oh my god. I'm sorry, it's a no. Oh my god. That would make for a very happy party, would it? Oh
1: my gosh. That's kind of hilarious. That's hilarious. So I wonder what other places we can use different colored somethings for a reveal. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. Hmm. Just stay away from the whether you've got the job or not.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's bad. Well, maybe like. In either instance, you can have like a round, rounds of tequila, because if you've got the job, rounds of tequila. If you don't have the job, well, rounds of tequila. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's a bit, that's, that's fun news. It sounds like this woman is making a shit ton of money. Well, A lot of passive income,
0: <laughs> which is well, admirable. Yeah, it just goes to show, you just need to write a book on the right subject, right? And then oh. create some hormone kit that goes with it to, oh. um, yeah, perpetuate that income. <laughs> I know.
1: I, I wonder what her life must be like. She's just sitting in Belize like, oh, my books are selling. <laughs> my kits mm. are selling. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right, good news. That was very, that was yeah. very conversation provoking. Mm,
0: it was indeed. I see that one coming. So, hot topic?
1: Yes, please. Let's go. Let's
0: go. Today's hot topic is, have you checked out of your marriage?
1: <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. This
0: isn't a direct question, by the way. It's <laughs> I,
1: I, I like, what do you know, Sarah? What have you heard? <laughs> 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 it, but it's a nice direct question so Ooh. yeah wow
0: well it is quite a direct oh. question isn't it um yeah. it's an interesting one isn't it because i think this happens like a lot more frequently mm. than we think i think mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it can happen at various different stages mm-hmm. and i think it is but i do think it's more it is more frequent in relationships than we kind of think and mm-hmm. I, I would also say it's maybe something that Unless you ask yourself the question, do you really have the awareness about whether you have or you haven't? So Mm. if you really kind of scratch the surface and be truly honest with yourself and your partner, Mm. have you actually checked out with the relationship?
1: Mm. So So tell me about, like, to you, what does checked out mean?
0: I would say, so the things that come up for me are not really fully not a real kind of full belief that the relationship is working and will work mm. mm-hmm. um so not that level of kind of commitment and um for me it signals like a real lack of effort or energy around the relationship mm. sometimes it can come with a lack of respect and uh mm. sometimes go even further than that where contempt creeps in so really that kind of checking out for me is i also got this kind of image of i'm um, pulling at the drawbridge I'm surrounding myself my walls are coming back up Mm -hmm. I'm here I'm in the relationship and I'm just not quite in the relationship Mm -hmm. that's what comes Mm -hmm. up for me
1: yeah I think and and I definitely identify with like you can be in a state of being checked out quite frequently and and it might last for days it might last for weeks or months It might last permanently, and that might be the death knell of the relationship. But I think the other thing too that happens when you're checked out is you start to be like, there are so many more options, and you start checking out other people, and really kind of your your partner becomes chopped liver. Like you're like, nah, I could do so much. You start to your excitement lies elsewhere. I Mm -hmm. I find when you're checked out, your excitement lies elsewhere. Maybe you're fantasizing about other people that you're seeing. And you just, you kind of have this false sense of confidence that, you know what? Gosh, it could be so much better with somebody else. I don't even want to try in my current relationship because it's not giving me X, Y, Z. It's
0: that grass is greener syndrome, isn't it?
1: Grass is greener, Yeah. yeah. What weirdly, if I have been checked out before, what tends to pull me back out of being checked out is when all of my being checked out behavior results in distancing of my partner when I start to feel them kind of moving away and becoming Mm. distant then I get all freaked out and all my bravado like oh there's so many options that's when I freak out I I find that being checked out is kind of a state of of a boomerang like you kind of come in and out of it going into being a checked out state is never a healthy place coming out of that checked out state is often not healthy either because you're Mm. responding to fear
0: yeah, it is, definitely. Um, it's that negativity dance, I think, is what you're um, explaining, where you have mm-hmm. a partner that really kind of is trying and wants to make things different, but then the other partner isn't seeing that or receiving mm-hmm. that. And then, the so then partner A goes, oh, okay, um, they're not responding, therefore I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Uh, just as partner B kind of thinks, oh, well, okay, maybe then realizes partner A is then no longer trying, then they Mm. get panicked and spooked. So Mm. they start trying and you just go in this lovely little infinite circle of negativity in the relationship. And it happens so often.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think being checked out is like a stage in there. That's Mm. one of the the states of being in this negativity, (laughs) infinity cycle. (gasps) Yeah. No, that's not an infinity pool that I want to be, uh, in. (laughs) I have definitely, like, I am a, I am a, like a member of that hotel. Like I, (laughs) I hang out in that negativity infinity pool, like all the time. Yeah. It's a hard one. It is. It's a hard cycle to break. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how does one, like checking in when saying, am I checked out, check in and see if you're checked out. Um, what kind of feelings will tell you that you're checked out of your relationship?
0: it's about having a certain kind of numbness I think or detachment in the relationship so really mm-hmm. not feeling that strong connection not feeling that strong bond you know when your partner's talking to you about something you're not really listening mm-hmm. um, I'm switched off I'm mentally switched off I'm not engaged in the conversation intimacy is is a challenge mm-hmm. and an issue and mm-hmm. um, so you'll start to see some of that waning the other thing I think that really comes up is when you start to think or talk about the future you can often avoid that you can become quite avoidant because Mm -hmm. you don't really have that hope or that thought about the future because you've kind of checked Mm -hmm. out and gone well this is never going to work anyway Mm -hmm. and either I'm tolerating so I'm just going to put up with it for now and let's see what happens because I'm avoiding the situation Mm -hmm. or you're of the belief at some stage it will end therefore you know, thinking about future plans or or making plans for the future, you'd be a lot more hesitant. I think in in doing so.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that's so well said. Oh my gosh, I think numb really yeah. stuck into me. Oh my gosh. Ah. Yeah. And it's that
0: um, kind of like aloneness as well, that real kind of loneliness in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good indicator that there's something not right, because again, it Mm -hmm. links to that connection or lack of connection in this Mm -hmm. instance. So if you're feeling alone in a relationship, there's definitely that's a a major flag there that there's something that needs Mm -hmm. to be addressed.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Oh, that sounds familiar.
0: And again, that's a common thing, right? Like so many people. Yeah just do you kind of feel alone in a relationship which mm-hmm. is mad right because you've got all these people who aren't in a relationship yeah. who feel alone and think well if I just had a relationship everything would be great mm-hmm. and then you know you've then got the people who are in the relationship who are thinking well actually this doesn't feel great either and I wish I was just on my own so you've mm-hmm. got kind of all of these different situations where people are yeah. feeling very similar things
1: absolutely Oh my gosh, whether or not, so, so the loneliness is a state of internal being. It has nothing to do with whether you're with somebody or not. I I had met up with somebody who's recently like in a very new relationship, like of several weeks old. And I saw them, uh, at an event the other day and, and they're on top of the moon and their are new partners on top of the moon mm. and everybody's, it's like fresh and new and everybody's motivated and enthusiastic and doing, uh, gestures for each other. We seem to think that ah, now I've stumbled on the right relationship. I, this is mm. the, look at how beautiful we feel. I will never get into a state of uh, you know, being checked out with this person. I've finally mm. found the right person who's corrected all the ills of my past. But you know, just looking at them, you know, and I, I could even I could see that uh, I could see some of their personality traits. These two folks, and I was like, you can you can start to see down the road what's going to be a problem in two years. Because mm-hmm. that, oh, my gosh, I'd like to do anything for you that that is going to fade. And you're going to see who was once a very enthusiastic person actually become complacent. Yeah. And then, you know, so so even in this fresh new it was like seeing a little freshly born little chick, you know, like in a very cute little of uh, the, the beautiful puppy. Right. You know, and, and the puppy gets big. Uh, puppies will always grow large and will start, you know, I don't know biting people if you don't train them. <laughs> I guess I'm going to dog, uh, you know, dog discipline or, or uh, dog training right now. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> but every relationship has the potential to get into a checked out state. Mm,
0: yeah. But then on the flip side, okay, you've got, you've also, every relationship's got the opportunity not to be in that state.
1: If you put the work in. Yeah. 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 But only if you put the work in, which is what we talk about, that darn C word of communication. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so being checked out makes you realize that there are things, it might be that you're in a relationship with somebody who really, there's big problematic value clashes and so forth, but it might be a sign that you haven't tended to the garden of your relationship in some time, which is why it's, you know, the complacency is setting in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot easier to water your own garden than it is to pick a new one.
1: (laughs) Yes, 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 true. So how do you pull up from this train crash? Like, how do you redirect? Because, you know, you can see if you're feeling checked out, that's, it's either a a temporary or a permanent state of being, but it's not a good, (laughs) it's not in a good place. No. So how do you pull out of that?
0: The first thing is uh, is absolutely being aware that you're in that state because I think very often we're not. So we're in it and we don't know why we feel like crap, but we know we feel like crap and um and we look for all these other things to kind of try and explain it away and it's mm. never really normally those things. It's just connected with right. what's going on um close at home. So I think the first thing is to be really honest it's so if I know that I'm feeling some of those things like I know that I don't feel connected I know that I don't feel I generally don't feel happy um maybe I'm feeling quite anxious about things maybe I just feel a total numbness like or I feel lonely if I if any of those things resonate and you think actually that sounds like me um really look then at what, how do I feel about my relationship? Do I feel like mm-hmm. I've checked out? And and that first level of honesty—it's really super hard. But if you can be really honest, you don't have to tell anybody else. You can still mm-hmm. can still be your own personal secret. Yeah. Um, but that level of honesty for you within you for you um, mm-hmm. will help you to just identify and identify with the state that you're in, mm-hmm. and then from that you can then look at okay, well, what you know what is it that i want to happen next Mm. and this can be the stage where really we can be ruled by fear um Mm -hmm. so i think it's really trying to work through some of that so what you know what's the first thoughts that come to mind um, mm-hmm. is that fear based? Is a conscious based? Where, where does that come from? What's behind it? So really mm-hmm. dig deep on some of those, um, or dig deep on the answers that you have given yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're not, if you're not connected or you don't, you're not committed to the relationship, you won't be able to do the stuff that you need to do to get through it because, um, it will take a bit of effort on both sides to try and, mm-hmm. and work through that. And often you can get this where, there's literally only one one party that's checked out the other one still thinks everything is absolutely mm-hmm. hunky-dory mm-hmm. and in that instance it is then down to you it is down to you to say well actually what do I really want to do with this and have I given it a fair crack because um quite often the the answer is well no because when we work with clients and I and you know I'll ask them so what have you actually done then what have you done to repair to heal to restore your relationship what have you done to recover from this position that you're in and the reality is not a lot Mm. you know i maybe made dinner a couple of times or um organized a date night or all those kind of you know instant um fixes that come to mind because we live in a instant instagrammable uh-huh, society uh-huh. where everything's fixed by a little date <laughs> night um yeah. but you know really getting beneath that though what have you really done how have you tried to understand each mm-hmm. other how have you tried to understand the needs that you both have um yeah. how have you tried to understand the strengths that you've got how have you tried to understand how important you are to each other and if the relationship is worth saving so right. there's kind of all of that that then kind of comes next isn't it so it's some of that real exploration and um, real curiosity free from judgment which is the hardest bit because how how can you not have judgment when you're in this relationship <laughs> and you're so emotionally invested and um, it's really the hardest thing is to try and suspend some judgment when it comes to mm. um you know really analyzing and understanding what's going on
1: oh yeah And I think the fear thing that you mentioned really sticks because um, it feels very comfortable to stay in a checked out zone because you're sort of like, I'm in the right, they're in the wrong. And you sort of get really, you start to build this, not start, it's a well-established story of you being the protagonist in your own film. Um, But I think the fear is, if I were not, like, what would it take for me to not be checked out? Mm. To not be checked out, if it means I'm doing the effort, it means I have to get vulnerable, I have to start to initiate some hard conversations. I have to, it almost feels like, you know, those weights at the gym and you're like, I hate working out that muscle. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I want to like work out my like leg lifts or quads. And I hate doing some of the upper body stuff. It feels so awful. It can be the smallest exercises, but it feels so uncomfortable because it's so, these are muscles that are not very well developed. I don't even like developing them and I kind of leave them by the side. And so the fear is if I were not to be checked out, like, what would be the thing that I might do to get, start moving away from being checked out? And it would be initiating a really hard conversation that feels yeah. shitty and you yeah, want to avoid that at all costs, but yeah. that's the fear. The fear is like, oh my God, what do I know that I need to start doing more of mm. to get myself out of a checked out state?
0: Yeah. And often those difficult, challenging discussions that you know, yes, we do need to initiate them. We do need to have have that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's that fear then of um, of upsetting somebody else as well. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's often quite a common fear that comes up. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to upset my other half. They've, you know, they mm-hmm. they're a good husband. They're a good wife. They're a good partner. If I start saying that I'm not happy, then that's gonna make them feel bad about themselves and and so we get into this situation where we go, well I couldn't possibly raise it. Right. But on the flip side of that is by not raising it, we're not really being truly honest with somebody who we think is decent and a good right. human being and has been, you know, a partner for however long, we're not being honest. We're not giving them them an opportunity or the relationship an opportunity yeah. to flourish again.
1: Yeah. I- well, actually, I mean, I think that's true. I, I think if I may say, like, I have less uh, sincere intentions for, like, you know, not wanting to bring it up. I, it, it's, It's often that it's my own ego. I'm like, crap, I've presented my partner with a certain vision of what I like and my preferences and so forth. And actually, I've been totally lying to myself and them the entire time. And I just don't feel like walking that back because, like... Mm how much of a pain in the ass is it to say, you know, that thing we've been doing for 15 years, I actually don't (laughs) like it. (laughs) I mean, so I'm going to, for all those people who have less honorable intentions, it's, it's often my own ego. Like I'm like, oh crap, do I really have to, how hard is that to start to have a hard conversation to be like, I've been bullshitting both of us. Like I didn't Mm. know, and I haven't let you know, and feel like a bit of a dick, but yeah, that's, I think the hardest thing is to start (laughs) to be really honest about what my what I want my preferences yeah yeah <laughs> after I've been lying for years <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not yeah. always it's often not the case that you're lying right it's that things have just changed or True. your perspective has shifted or you've learned a bit more about yourself that you didn't know before you know we're not yeah. generally as human beings right we don't go around lying at each other that's just not yeah. and there are some some chip bags out there that are like that right but <laughs> bags, generally yeah. we are kind of decent human beings. On the whole, we, and we do kind of, we sometimes inadvertently lie to ourselves and to other people, we're not doing it out of malice. And sometimes we don't even know ourselves because it's all going on below the surface. And we haven't even recognised some of those changes.
1: Well, and I think you can be guaranteed that people-pleasing is going to start to unravel in a marriage or Mm. in a relationship. So the problem is you start a relationship people-pleasing and the gas runs out of that tank and you start to realize, I don't want to be a people-pleaser anymore. And then you start to externalize like, oh, my partner walks all over me and they don't do the things I like and they don't know me, they don't understand me, checked out. Um, But really it's because you're transitioning from being a people-pleaser to being less or not a people pleaser and, and your partner is none the wiser. Yeah. And so they have to sort of learn the new rules of the road, but yeah, the people pleasing is generally, I would say that I, and maybe many people out there, we start relationships as people pleasers because it's yeah. the easiest thing to sort of, we do that in all areas of our life. We're, that's why our jobs run out. You know, we become checked out at work. We become checked out in anything, any long-term thing when we start off not being ourselves because we're just trying to, please people. Yeah. People-pleasing. It's kind of the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh,
0: common, right? <laughs> so common. Oh,
1: yeah. This has got us on fire for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it's got me on fire. Yes. Yes.
0: It's pressing yeah. a few buttons.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the checked out, the checked out, like for me, yeah, the people-pleasing, I think for me and for a lot of the clients that I'm seeing it, like there's this theme of, I'm done my body is revolting against people pleasing.
0: Yeah I think the other thing that really comes up in the kind of checked out is it's easier not to deal with it so like Mm -hmm. whether that's a people pleasing thing or whether it's a I'm just not good at having those conversations um, or whether it's I am worried because we've built this great life together we've got you know a life that we've created and quite like the life we're just not really feeling it with each other right now um mm-hmm. but we don't want to necessarily blow that apart um because the mm-hmm. thought of that just feels impossible um like how do, how do you unpick 10 15 20 years of a relationship yeah. like that's hard um yeah. and that then i think you know does then result in going to this check it out stage because yeah. it's like well actually i can put it's not that bad i can put up with it it's okay like mm-hmm. and you get the rationalizer comes out like Oh, we've got all these other things that are amazing or well we you know enjoy some things or we've got a nice house or you know you just get this kind of rationalization that comes in that says well it's not that bad
1: yeah oh gosh yes that sounds that feels very familiar mm, yeah I feel like you've given us um a bit of a compass in terms of starting to dive in
0: yeah yeah Wow, well, if I didn't need a sleep before, I need one now, I know. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> I'm ready for a nap.
1: <laughs> hot toddy before then, yeah. Except 27 degrees, so that's not really hot toddy weather. It's definitely no, it's like it's... mimosa weather. Yeah,
0: it is, yeah. Yeah, the heat was all the way. Oh, Give me some refreshing mint. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds
0: awesome. Right, so shall we move on to a question, do you think?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, let's go for it.
0: question is my partner wants to spend a shitload of money on a fancy new car and I just don't agree how do we fix
1: this (laughs) oh my gosh the first thing that I'm thinking about I think this is what's coming for everybody is like do we buy a Tesla (laughs) (laughs) and I think that that's like Um, and it's, the conflict here is like, you know, Tesla's sort of like the main EV sort of brand for the moment. Anyways, it's such a huge departure in cost from your average combustion engine. So anyways, for me, I think what's coming up is like, do we buy a Tesla? But maybe, so environment and climate aside, (laughs) let's (laughs) think about the average expensive car. This is awesome money. So how much is a shit ton of money do you think for a car?
0: Oh, I don't know, really. Um it's all quite relative isn't it so some people might say well look i would never spend more than a few hundred quid i'd just get a banger like that you know some people would say that other people would say well actually you know I would spend, I don't know, five grand, ten grand would be kind of what I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Another person might not bat an eyelid at spending 50 to 100 grand. So it's all, it is all relative, isn't it? But I think the thing for this question is there's clearly some differences here. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit of me that just wants to go, do you know what, guys? Sort it out yourself. Don't want to get involved.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) what is it that makes you feel like you're like, oh, my God, don't want to get involved. What's the thing that feels so messy? see here because you're right like
0: (laughs) my instant reaction is like do you know what it's like when the kids start fighting it's like (laughs) do you know what i just this is your gig not my gig off you go go and sort it out like i kind of feel like it's a bit like that Mm -hmm. um money is just i think money is just one of those subjects in Mm. relationships that causes challenges right so Mm. you very very rarely have couples that are 100 percent on even keel when it comes to finances Mm -hmm. so whether that's um earning power or spending appetite or yeah. uh, risk appetite like whatever it is we've all got we've all got or some priorities. stuff around around money like what yeah priorities will, exactly you know yeah. spend, money what yeah. spend money on what's important don't want to spend money on exactly so yeah. and I think in this case there's clearly some differences and priorities there oh, yeah. there's clearly um I mean we don't know a lot about them from the question, but. I mean, just that whole phrase, a shit ton of money, like, I mean, that just makes it sound like it's obscene, but it might not be, right? It might just be yeah. that it's completely out of kilter with where the other person's at.
1: Yeah. Oh. Here's another question where it's like, I want you to agree with me and tell me that my partner is a douchebag. Like, ah, yes. oh, don't spend that money. Because <laughs> the shit ton makes me think that they're wanting to buy a Bentley and, you know, they're living with four children and you know working you know sort of modest jobs and one partner wants to buy a Rolls Royce so that's that's the way the question has set up for me yeah
0: yeah 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 it's that kind of like midlife crisis vibe isn't it
1: <laughs> it it is but it could also you're just like you're saying it could be that the one partner is like I really like having a warranty on the car so that um there's a dependability so that we're not mm-hmm. stranded it's an important value for me to have a car yeah. that works and that yeah. doesn't keep breaking down so yes I yeah. want a newer car with an with a with an active warranty and maybe yeah. that's the shit ton of money. Um, maybe,
0: yeah exactly exactly. Yeah. Mm.
1: So this is definitely values one partner is like cars aren't important you know yeah. just get the cheapest thing out there for somebody else there's something about maybe they love a specific kind of car maybe they mm. love driving maybe they, lo- they love the experience of driving maybe they like safety yeah um so there's definitely a value clash and both clash, people are yeah. not seeing the other side
0: yeah they're definitely not seeing each other's side right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and expecting us to be the arbitrators <laughs> yeah
1: So now that we're stuck in the role of arbitrator, which usually we'd be like, sort it out and just don't touch the knife drawer. Yeah, (laughs) Call me if there's blood (laughs) drawn. But um, (laughs) how would you start to approach, like if you had this couple uh, in your coaching session, how would you start to dive in here?
0: So I would explore kind of both sides of the situation. So you know start with tell me why it's so important right now to um spend a shit ton of money on this car um, and <laughs> yeah I wouldn't phrase it like that <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. um so yeah like what what does it mean how you know what does this mean to you in terms of um you know spending this money on the car like what is it that has prompted it what is it that you that you know how is it that that's going to make you feel what ideas mm. beliefs have you attached to this situation because that I think starts to uncover some of the values and and you really start to get to kind of the bottom of it on the flip mm. side you know it's then asking kind of the other partner well what is it that it means to you like what story is kind of running you know what's the story train um sharing with you about this situation does it mean that you know trying to uncover is it that you feel like they're being reckless or they Mm. jeopardizing something else that's important or they're spending kind of all of the savings so it's really trying to get to the bottom of that because you're right I think neither party understands each other in this situation Mm. they haven't got a clue they're not talking they're just fighting about and they're you know potentially fighting dirty as well because it's Mm. that type of emotive subject um but they're not actually getting to the true reasons behind this um situation or this decision
1: yes and and i think that this this person asking the question is coming from a lack mindset because clearly the shit ton of money means money is going towards a car and it's being taken away from something else so mm. because my partner is going to do that either me or my family or sort of a general sort of abstract sense there's going to be less resources for something else yeah and so my curiosity would be like when you see money sort of draining away, that shit ton of money going away to a car, what is it leaving behind? Like what is, mm. what is being left unattended? Is yeah. it, is it that you actually value gifts that you're not, you're not getting any, or maybe you're driving a shitty car and you actually would like mm. a, a nice car. So th- there might be actually abuse and neglect in this situation as, you know, I always like to flag out as a possibility, but where does this money exiting to some, this expenditure, where does it leave you lacking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's definitely there's more to it there's more to it than than a car there is kind of Mm. there are some strong beliefs I think behind this about what it means and Mm. it's trying to uncover that
1: yeah yeah I think this surprises people, too, because, you know, when we're dating and we're in the the throng of love, we don't see these sorts of things coming up. Where, like, yeah. one partner wants to spend a shit ton of money on something and we're like, where did that, like, what kind of person are you to want to do that? Like, it yeah. really catches us by surprise and it gets yeah. us very angry because yeah. we're like, I didn't know you were that kind of person. Yeah. I think that often comes up.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we can create these personalities inside of our yeah. head about... Yeah. We've, we've written a um, you know, personality profile for our partner and yeah. gone, yeah, these are all the things that my partner is. And these are all mm. the things I recognize in you. Um, that may or may not be true, by the way. <laughs> so often the things that are on the list maybe aren't kind of, aren't all reality because um, yeah. we're viewing them through our lens.
1: Yeah. I think this might happen too with folks who get together when they are in like a, the studying phase of their lives. So maybe they're college kids. You know, there's people who come together as like broke college kids and they don't, they're, you know, eating macaroni out of a saucepan over like a little burner in their dorm room. And so, and maybe when they go on in life, oh, how romantic. And they, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it nice? And and maybe one person, that's why they really loved that person is we can enjoy yeah. the small things together in life. Yeah, And maybe one partner starts earning a bit of money and then wants to spend a shit ton of money on a car. And they're like, wait a minute, I, but I thought you were a list story items here, maybe buying a car, a normal, you know, a a combustion engine, maybe that rubs one partner the wrong way because they're like, I thought we were clear on our, you know, um, th- the way that we look at, at climate change. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that you wanted a car. I thought we were going to be cycling through life together, <laughs> you know, or like transit. With our
0: baskets
1: on the front. Exactly, right? <laughs> Eating macaroni out of like a shared saucepan on a burner <laughs> in our, you know. Yeah. And, and that's weird because when you start to, you might have made a story for this person living in their dorm room. But it was a circumstance that led them to live a certain life. And as the circumstances start changing, maybe you start to see their values come out, which you didn't even realize that they really value.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's all part of that evolution.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, so how do you start to really see who your partner is and stop telling yourself stories about the, the personality you've drawn? How do you start to really see the person in front of you? get
0: curious ask some questions uh try and suspend the judgment again um so yeah get really curious but listen then listen to the answer so we're really good at asking a question and um when we're not getting the answer we want to hear just then kind of trampling all over all over that Mm. so instead you know it's asking that question like look what you know why is this car so important to you why like why Mm. now why is it so important and then the hardest thing is just to button it stay quiet stay focused mm. and listen <laughs>
1: stay quiet stay focused yeah <laughs> you
0: know and that but that's really hard right like spoken mm. as um somebody who's uh incredibly good at interrupting other people while they're talking
1: here <laughs> here <hear. laughs> it's a
0: fault of mine fault uh, oh yeah <laughs> so yeah so it is about yeah just button it stay quiet listen and then um just try and understand where they're coming from mm-hmm
1: I think what's important is be prepared for your impression or your presumption of them as, a, as who they are, be prepared for that to shift, be prepared yeah. to be surprised that you have created a story about this person and you may have been together for 12, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And that is absolutely what I've seen. I, you know, I certainly in my relationship now is, as we move through different circumstances, I'm mm. seeing different views and, and I realized they were always there. Yeah, it's just that yeah, yeah. now I'm seeing them because our, our, our circumstances are changing, yeah. and to be honest, it's actually quite exciting. Funny enough, weirdly, um, you know, my partner—I thought they were very simple, very, you know, because I—I met him in a, in a time in his life where we was like a simpler kind of mid twenties, Rage Against the machine, sort of like, you know, sort of abandon all material stuff, and you know, and I'm I'm realizing he does like the finer things in life, and to be honest, mm. I think that's quite lovely, and I love that part, but if I look at how we are now, as opposed to how we were 15 years ago, we are completely different. We look like completely different people, but we were like that the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Things and people, we all change, right? Like we're all influenced by the stuff around us all of the time Yeah. and things will happen within our life that will change us as people, as individuals. We've got to expect that. Um, you know, when I talk to clients and, um, And, you know, it's often like, why can't things just stay the same? Like, Mm -hmm. I never want to, I don't want to argue and fight. Like, Mm -hmm. all of these things that you're asking for are actually impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we carry on, you know, asking for that, asking for the impossible, we're going to carry on being disappointed Mm -hmm. by what we're presented with. Mm -hmm. We are all changing.
1: And I've seen this play out with clients too, like permanent changes happening in political ideology Mm. because we're in a very polarized world. And what's, I'm starting to see people where they've actually, their partner has actually shifted in their, polit- like permanently. And there's a massive rift because, and that truly feels like you're not with the person you started out with. Yeah. Um, And then you have to decide, well, with now, can I accept this person with sort of their political mindset? Is this something that I can accept? And it's, mm. you're not going to drag them. They're, they're not sort of in a temporary phase. This is a, this is probably a permanent shift. It's probably, they probably are shifting because it was, it was sort of feeding on a kernel of something that they always were, but Mm. but perhaps you didn't see it before. Um, and that, I think that's really stressing people out. And I, see that with clients Mm. and listen, you can tell yourself all the stories. Oh, they used to be this. They used to be that. Well, you know what? They're, they're not, and they will never be what they were. So you, you have what you have now. So what do you think? Is that something yeah. you can work with? Is that something you can compromise around or is it not? But we're not yeah. going back to the past. That's yeah. the one thing I can tell you we're not doing.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, good luck with the car conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. I do have to say though, like if you're wanting to switch to an electric vehicle, like I do have to say that like I think, you know, <laughs> I think that's worth a consideration, is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except a Tesla is wait, like seriously out of my budget right now, so I I can't even imagine buying an EV. But you know, that's the one thing that I would kind of make a little exception for, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh gosh. yeah. Wow. Well,
1: so yes, I uh, it's I think we started off being like, okay, guys, you sort this out. Don't even want to get in the middle of it. But I think that there's like this is a beautiful coaching uh, scenario.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, totally! Yeah. But, yeah, my first instinct was definitely kind of like the kids, like, get on with it. <laughs> Go and sort it out. <laughs> you're grown ups now. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what we're doing as coaches, we're just giving you tools to sort it out.
0: Yeah, but it's it's not easy. So these types of conversations where mm. things aren't plain sailing in the relationship or you're really kind of putting heads on something and you just can't, for the love of you see kind of the other person's point of view like it's really really difficult it's really stressful it puts pressure on um and I guess also you know like in the grand scheme of things like how important is it in your relationship? So often mm-hmm. we get focused on a specific situation or challenge that then becomes all consuming and mm-hmm. we start to question everything in the relationship. So we really kind of blow it all out of proportion. So sometimes it is just saying actually how, how in, in the grand scheme of our relationship, in mm-hmm. everything that we've got together, how important is this?
1: Mm-hmm. Very true. Sometimes a car is just a car. <laughs>
0: Sometimes it is, yeah, and sometimes money is just money. Ah, just flows. Ah, okay. <laughs> Often the wrong way in my bank account, but that's venture. <laughs> oh my god,
1: just flows. Oh, yeah, that's nice.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, got another feisty uh, start to the week. Yeah, lots indeed. to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, nice. I'm going to go and make the most of the last minute sunshine.
1: <gasps> yes, you literally have one more day. Yeah,
0: before the rain sets in midweek, apparently. Yeah,
1: <laughs> bottle that up because <laughs> that's Absolutely. the last day before next July. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, enjoy and see. Look, you got the garden furniture. Aren't I you know. happy? You got the garden furniture? Oh, can I tell uh, you about
0: the crazy dream that I had last night? Oh, yes. <laughs> You know when you have a dream that's so vivid and you actually think it's real? So yeah, I woke up yeah. this morning and I genuinely felt good because uh-huh. in my dream the <laughs> I I'm really gonna share in this, right? But in my dream, I was in my house that I live in now, but mm-hmm. two doors down was a farm full of like bulls. <laughs> and what happened was the bulls trampled down all the fences <gasps> Um, Because we are in a terraced um, street, so all the gardens are kind of connected, um, obviously separated by fence. But the bulls had trampled down all the fence and they'd they'd trashed the garden furniture. But not only that, there was all this other furniture, like as if there'd been a big storm and all this other random furniture (laughs) had appeared in the garden. And I was trying to find the bits of furniture that were mine and I was absolutely gutted. (gasps) And then... Even weirder, all of these children turned up to see the farm animals.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Oh my gosh! And then the farmers came, and I'm going, well, tell me what number you live at because somebody's going to have to pay the bill for this.
1: Oh, oh, oh! So, and
0: I woke up this morning and I was genuinely distraught, and um, oh. but it's fine. There was no bulls. There were the, no bulls. The furniture's still there, and oh all is my good. Gosh.
1: Oh, very good.
0: It's weird, isn't it?
1: You know, it must be, Yeah, it, well, and I'm not a dream interpreter, and a, you know, nor would I ever sort of endeavor to be, but it does seem that the garden furniture was a gift that you brought to yourself that it was a long time coming. Yes. It was a beautiful splurge for yourself, giving you a lot of joy. Yes. And we always kind of have a fear that the thing that we really want a lot that we got for ourselves and we mm. really sacrificed hard, that it's going to be taken away from us. Mm. Well... By I children, for the
0: bulls and the the kids were going for it, but no, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, you're going. For all is right in the world. But yeah, I did wake up, and yeah. you know, you know when you, your dream is so vivid, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. this is a horrible experience that I'm in right now. Yeah, and then um yeah, I also had. <laughs> I think it's been a weekend for crazy dreams I'll tell you one more before then we'll I promise we'll let the listeners go Um, you can switch off now if you want like we're almost done Um, (laughs) so I had this dream that um, one of my neighbours whilst on the outside of the house just looked like a normal house when you went in to the house it was like a big massive um, like hotel lobby sort of experience with this big spiral sweeping staircase and had this um, this beautiful bar inside of this like lobby type um what could only be described as a hotel really but it was their house right and right. um and then I'd said that said would you like a drink and I said yeah go on I said um actually I'm going to have a and coke I haven't had one for a while oh. and then just then I kind of started to wake up but I really wanted to stay in my dream because I really wanted to have the Bacardian coke <laughs> oh yeah
1: I'm <no> kidding <laughs> and you wake up and it's too early in the morning it was way too early to be
0: having a bacardian coke that's
1: right (laughs) oh that's
0: awesome oh that's a beautiful thought so yeah so um so it's been a crazy crazy dream weekend yeah
1: oh my gosh (laughs) i think i want to go out and have a bacardian coke now (laughs) yeah why not why not
0: all right right well i promise we're gonna let the listeners go it's normally you that's distracting people not me it is
1: normally me i know i love it (laughs) you're
0: normally the naughty one
1: (laughs) i'm the naughty one but i love the dreams that's awesome i can do with a good dream Uh, yes oh very
0: (laughs) strange yeah yeah. all right so all right till next week
1: till next week
0: so that's it for another week of Geordie lass and doc sass we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting